out here in the perimeter, there are no stars. Out here, we is stoned, immaculate. Hello and welcome. This is the C86 Show. I'm David Eastall. As you know, we love a special guest. This week, it's going to be the turn of the pop group because uh, this is my second part of the interview with the one and only Mark Stewart. Um, yes, part one has been gone, obviously. Um, this was a few days later where we picked up again. Um, a lot to do, well, originally, because there's been a reissue of the 1979 album Why, which has been remixed by Dennis Bavel. Um So after a long conversation with Mark, again, about this and that, which is funny, but I did edit it out, we get back to the recording of Why and the album, and at that point we were talking about ley lines and earth energy and all that other groovy stuff as you do um, without hearing it and it probably wouldn't make much sense but anyway we were just talking about spiritual things and uh, this is his response Mark it's over to you I was saying this to somebody the other day that the place that we actually record that we recorded Y in this place called Ridge Farm right? Oh, right was a very very sort of for me the countryside, you know, growing up in Bristol, spending quite a lot of time in the countryside is, you know, there's, there's some, there's some, you feel, you feel the landscape in, in a totally different way than you do in a city, right? Yes. And the point I was trying to make was, I'm sure we had a lot of kind of stuff going on here, which is still going on, like animistic, if you will, that people go to find things in like Tibet or South America or like Carlos Castaneda, you know, there's, there's kind of, you can do that stuff in your back garden. You can, but when you're younger, you often feel you need to go. <laughs> That's why I haven't got the camera on. <laughs> and I find, I find that, that music and specifically dub is a kind of portal that, you know, I keep on saying that like Dennis Bavel, when he was mixing these, you know, these things, it's like Captain Kirk at the, at the control of the Starship Enterprise. But for me, I used to, every Friday, I used to knock off school and go to this record shop and wait for the van, we used to call it the van from Zion to arrive with what they used to call the reggae pre-releases. And I used to get the guys to play me the dubs because I loved, because I, I just wanted to hear like, find the heaviest dubs, right? Mm -hmm. And it turned up at the end that Adrian Sherwood was the delivery, was was driving the van, he was, he was working, delivering stuff for Jetstar then. But um, I just, for some reason, I just, I just find it a really magical and mystical kind of experiment and thing. And, you know, I constantly, like when we tried to do Y and Dub Live, you know, this Terry Hall thing in Coventry a couple of weeks ago, and just the whole process of stripping something down and, and, and going back to its kind of skeletal parts and ghosting it out, we used to call it in hip hop, like ghosting, you know, and going back to the stripping down the rhythm, cut, cutting out the bass and just go, you just go into kind of unknown territories. And I find it quite a, I mean, my grandmother was a, was a old school English spiritualist or clairvoyant, if you will. Nice. And I find it quite a kind of, um, every Sunday we used to have this table wrap. Oh, you're gone. Just stop that. Just come back. You got to every Sunday and then you disappeared, Mark. Uh, uh. 
Don't drop out. Shit. Ignore those things, I suppose. Okay, okay, Mark, Mark, you sorry, you got to Sunday and then it dropped out slightly. Can you just go? You said every Sunday you got round with your your grandmother, the English teacher, and yeah. and then you said every Sunday we did, and then what was the next bit? Table wrapping. Oh yeah, okay, table wrapping. I've never come across this, I have to confess. It's when um it's there's this thing it's 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 called English spiritualism, mm -hmm. right? And they supposedly consult dead relatives, if you will, and ask what <laughs> what you're going to do at school or what job you're going to do. You know, this is what my nan used to do. And you either have cards laid out and they go around and spell out the letters and the cards or the table moves once for no or twice for yes or whatever. Yes. So right? is, this, is this in the world of the Ouija board or is this... No. Okay, it's a very English thing. I think the, I, I don't know anything about Ouija board. Anyway, it's a it's a it's a sort of it's a kind of parlor game, if you like, you know. But it is it it, it start you know it 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 got kind of revived in the nineteen twenties. But I've got this thing that how do we know that these voices or these communications are not from the future, if you will? And I find again going back to what we did at Ridge Farm, there was a guy called Constantine um, Raudiv who, who did experiments with sealed ferric oxide tapes right and tried to channel voices onto these sealed tapes mm -hmm. right you've got to look up you know i'm not going to drill down into the ins and outs of it all but that was the experiment right um i just know that i think you know that you that if you like, what we did at Ridge Farm, capturing some of those things, I think we released some of them again when when we've done this, when we opened up the tapes again and did these dub versions. That's what I feel. I constantly feel like, you know, what was that Nick Cave song? Not to release the bats, because I don't see it as a good or bad. For me, it's just an energy, you know. And I think music, to my generation, coming from punk and everything, I think music is an incredible energy. Like yeah. I was saying yesterday, the day before, whenever it was, it's a nutrient and it's an energy. And, and, and we feel a sense of community in music and we feel a solace and we feel a sense of, you know, but as an to be able to do something in Ridge Farm in 19-whatever it was, and then get somebody like Mike Watts or, or or the guy from Fugazi come up to you in the States and say, this gave me the confidence or gave me the energy to do. It's like, you know, I've got this like, it's like bottling. It's like Sinbad in a, you know, not Sinbad, when they rub that lamp. Yes, I got you. Yes. That's what I see it like, you know, and from, as soon as me and Gareth saw the, saw the original tapes, that's looking back on it now, that's that's what I was you know, trying to put it into words. That's what I thought about doing to release some of the stuff that, you know, anyway. God, that's extraordinary, isn't it? Only sort of, that was, um, God, we're talking about 42 years ago, those tapes were sitting there, weren't they? They've been looked after. I must say, Warner Brothers looked after them really well. God. So did yeah, you feel we like... Were a, we were, it was before, like, I was... 
I was kind of half sharing a house with Jeff Travis, who was running Rough Trade Shop. It was before independent labels were really established. Yes. And Andrew Lauder set up, who, who was at UA, a really incredible guy. He signed us and Elvis Costello to this little label he had under the Warner's rings called Radar, right? It's quite interesting. And Mayo Thompson, who was a really cool guy. Anyway, but yeah, but it, it's time, time was frozen in aspect, you know. I can see, I can see. So do you feel that with this kind of experience that you've, it's been a holistic journey that somehow your life hadn't been completed until you sort of unearthed these? That's what I was saying. It was a dream. It was a teenage dream come true. Because if, you know, we, if we'd had more time, we would have done that because all we listened to, to tell the truth, was dub. And going out in Bristol, I mean, funk to a certain extent, but it was mainly dub at parties and uh, blues dances and sound systems. It was constantly dub versions of songs. That's all we really listened to. And we, we were trying to put out feelers through like Mates in Jamaica to King Tubby, but he got shot. Then we had a meeting. I was still at school when we were doing this work, right? Uh, then we had a meeting with uh, John Cale, right? <laughs> because I don't know who suggested that, the managers or something, but obviously we liked John Cale because he's worked with Nico and... Uh, yes. The Stooges and stuff, right? And it's, you know, but but then again, at this shop, I heard Feel Like Making Dub, the dub version of Feel Like Making Love by Elizabeth Archer and the Equators. And I bought it straight away with my pocket money. I used to walk home, but my mum would give me so much money for the bus. And I worked out if I walked five miles a day, I could buy records with the bus fare on the way home or lunchtime and my, and my, and my dinner money. <laughs> it's got to be done it has got to be done it has got to be done pink pegs and winkle pickers can wait i want some dub um where was i sorry unleashing the bat no you weren't unleashing the bat yeah yeah yeah. you were yeah yeah and i I said dennis bevel on it as 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 a producer mixer and i knew matumbi a little bit right and then I checked out one of his dub albums, but I was mainly buying Jamaican stuff, right? And I just thought this guy, I mean, that, that tune is, I mean, if you can dig out and play it, Feel Like Making Love by Elizabeth Archer and the Equators, I mean, it is absolutely brilliant. It's like all these kind of things kind of slowing down. That's the time. I feel like, it's that song. I feel like making dreams. Then it kind of goes, stops and go. I can't do, you know, I'll end up sounding like bloody, that bloke used to do dinosaur noises. <laughs> Stanley Unwin, if I start trying to do that. But, but Dennis also made a whole dub album just recording parts of his body, like the bass drum with his chest, funny noises under his armpit. Oh, that's extraordinary, isn't it? it so, when, so where's as the... Sort of, if we just fast forwarded slightly, I know there was a band... Where were you? Where? 2080? In the year 2525, how far, how far forward would you want to go? Just, just hit fast 3, forward. 3,000, the year 30, whatever it is. Well, not go quite that far. But okay, about 10 years later, we had Colorbox who started. 10 years after, good band. 10 years. All, yeah, yeah, Colorbox, I hear you. Colorbox, and they, they started do, using a lot of dub, and yes. didn't they? And... But that that sound that they had, which the, the you know the famous single which they took, which now I can't remember. But they it, did you find that those sort of mixes and uh, production a little bit too shiny for your taste, or did you? Or I didn't. I, I don't know. You know, like I said the other day, I you know I I, I, I you won't believe what I listened to. I listened to the most bizarre 
cross-section of stuff and I don't really, you know, anyway. Yes, I, I, but I, we... I, I, I didn't, I, you know, I don't know, I, I, what, I don't know much about English music, to tell the truth. Yes. And at that stage, at that stage, back then, we were in, in these secondhand record shops. I mean, it was amazing. England, Bristol was an incredible place right, for secondhand books and secondhand records. The only place I found like it is, is Vancouver, where all the Beatniks used to live. But for like, however it was, like three shillings or something, I, could, I found like John Cage, Music Concrete, Free Jazz, and we were totally into free jazz as well. We went to this North Sea Jazz Festival where I had tea with Sun Ra just when we were making the album. I mean, it's just... We were, we were, we, you know, like I'm saying, straight away after punk, we were just getting into like the craziest music and we thought you can go as out there as you want. And I think to a certain extent, looking back at it, though I hate to look at that, my own work like that, but I think that nerve of just doing what we want is the inspiration to these other musicians, which I said I couldn't understand how they said we were an influence before. It's just that nerve of, 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 of doing what you want, not being under the control of like an A&R man or something, you know. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. No, I mean... I'm, I'm not being rude, but nobody, you know, I've... I've you know, my, my, my tail feathers go up if even, if even somebody suggests something about a mix, like a friend or something, you know. I'm so... It's like OCD. I'm so obsessed that I want to... Even if nobody hears it, I want to I wanna be able to finish what I'm trying to do the, the message is coming out as I want it, even if nobody hears it, just for my own sake. Do you understand? Yes. Absolutely. Now, did you ever sort of feel, worry about your mental mental health with this kind of creative obsession? Because obviously taking it to... No, the... I think it's actually therapeutic because you actually get to do something. It's like, I mean, who's that guy in the Olympics that just knitted a jumper or something? It's like, and my granddad used to like just like whittle a piece of... If, if you can... What do I, what do the, the symmetry of fate or fateful symmetry, I call it. If you can actually finish something as best as you can, as you want to finish, it's you get a, you get that Frosty's glow inside you, ready break, whatever it is. Yeah. I think it's great, you know. But I, I was just—it's it's great to be able to do to to be you know to be allowed to do that. I mean, it's you know. But often, often the you know the people who follow that path become kind of obsessed and then mad and then sort of start to sort of lose the plot so it's often difficult but what's the plot the plot <laughs> is is when when you when you see somebody and they haven't had a wash for weeks on end and they're not why do you think i have got the camera off that's right <laughs> but they you know it's that kind of moment i don't know i don't know I, that's, don't put people off don't put off the children listening to this that they shouldn't finish a, a, a coloring book or, no i disagree or, or jump I, or I knitting a jump. I think, i'm not I i'm not I'm, I'm not disagree i'm not saying that's good you know bad but i did i did sort of an interview with to uh, john french who was the drummer with uh, captain beefheart and i mean he he's still traumatized from that experience of doing trout mask replica and still doing those kind of albums with the captain because he said the madness of that kind of experience and he was quite young at the time you know left him pretty emotionally scarred but you know he's john french the drummer who's gone on to a career of vaguely drumming and doing bits, but Captain Beefheart was the kind of the real deal. Who, who, who obviously had lost it somewhere down the line for a lot of people who. Worked. I don't know. If has lost it. I mean, you know, a, a couple of you know, it was really weird because 
we went up to London and supported Elvis Costello at the, at the Nashville, where the Pistols used to play, right? When one of our very early gigs. Yeah. And Melody Maker or Sounds or something reviewed it, right? And they called us the Nightmare Monkeys of Tomorrow, which I thought was great because we loved the monkeys growing up watching the monkeys TV. But, but then you'd meet these other guys, these kind of intelligent journalists, if you will. And they kept on going on about Can and Captain Beefheart. And I'd never heard any of that stuff, right? But then going to America and stuff, other people come, you know, I know, you know, uh, uh, other people have worked with Beefheart, right? And I, I, I you know, I, I haven't heard those stories about him. No. But Do you understand what I'm saying? And, and often people make, it's often somebody who's fallen out with somebody or haven't got what they wanted, they'll start, you know, I don't know, there's always a reason why somebody slags somebody off. Yes, and um, often it's on... Often, I don't know. But I'm not knocking the guy that you spoke to, but if but you need people, people do need to go out there. Scientists, magicians, people need to go. It's in that unknown territory where, you know, there's like, I was watching an interview with a, a, a Olivia Newton-John, of all people, right? Nice. And she set up a foundation to try and to look into, there's all these plants in the Amazon, right? That might have cures for this, that, or whatever. Do you know what I mean? It's, that's where new things are going to happen in the unknown. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. And um, so if you don't take the risk, you know, and that's what I was trying to say the other day, to me, risk is everything. And I, I didn't mean it like, you know, you have to, you have to shed his skin and, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm making some new stuff of, of my own, some Mark Stewart stuff at the moment. I'm not going to talk about it now, but it's like, I'm going in, I'm going in totally different. I'm working with the craziest people and it's, it's, it's cathartic and it's therapeutic. Some people just make, keep on make, you know, they do vaguely well with one sound and they just keep on repeating themselves. Yes. Yeah, a trademark. Which I find mad which I find mad in a Kafkaesque kind of, you know, that routine, you know, that I find mad. And yeah. I find, you know, I find well, normal a bit mad, to tell the truth. <laughs> but the, it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, like as an example, like David Bowie in the 70s did all this amazing work. He did one album a year to produce various other people, relocated several times. And, you know, that body of work was amazing. But then in the 80s, he, he kind of starts following the trends and then his kind of that work during that period is pretty poor. And then he sort of finds himself a bit more in the 90s and beyond. But And then he finishes with Black Star, which is this kind of classic album, which is kind of seems to be very related to him dying with his jazz band. I mean, is it was it difficult for you once you'd had that initial kind of so-called... Dying. With my jazz band. With your jazz band, with your freeform jazz band in Bristol <laughs> playing dub reggae. But then, do, you know... You... New Orleans Festival in St. Louis. <laughs> okay, so what happened then when you started hearing, you know, the on-new sound system and it becomes a bit more popular and a bit more popular and then suddenly you hear Beef, How Low Can You Go by Gary Clow. You think, God, have, is, that, is that what you nurtured? Is that, is that what you felt like? I don't, an don't analyse stuff. That's what I said to you the other day. It's, if something is big or something is small, you know, it's great. I, you know, I was saying uh, again, the other day, again for me, some of the most 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 interesting stuff that I'm hearing at the moment is in what I call kind of noir and B, 
It's like some of this American stuff, which is absolutely huge. But the production, even on something like The Weekend, of the sub bases and the spatials and stuff, it's just like mind blowing. I heard something on a, in a, on a radio in a cafe in this rehearsal room. I thought, what's that noise? I thought it was something wrong with the radio, right? And they were, some, I could, even on the radio, I could hear that somebody was actually playing a melody with the bass drum in that spatial field. So, you know, again, so it's not big or small or cool or not cool. For me, it's like picking up, you know, like a magpie, picking up a, something from my palate or like a weird, do you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. You know, the... Um... Road drills. You know, when we, were, when we were in Ridge Farm, we had this, we went to a toy shop and there was these big long sort of plastic tubes which for children which you could wave around in the air they go ooh, ooh, ooh. oh we, we love used that. that do you know what i mean yes we absolutely. used to the london musicians collective and see people like steve beresford and tristan Hongsinger sort of playing like garden hoses and stuff <laughs> but we'd like to we'd go there just for a giggle on after a few ciders <laughs> yes well it's interesting i did a interview with a producer who worked on a very early deep purple track i think it was fireball where there's this kind of whoosh sound and he was a yeah. young engineer and he said oh that was the kind of air conditioning and he sort of put a yeah. mark up there and went god that's a great sound and he stuck it at the yeah. beginning of that record and there's that whoosh and it was completely luck but he said, you know, well, mate, I've just I've just been allowed to do that in three dimensions. They've just Apple have just brought out this thing called spatial. Right. And I've got a mate again, like a, you know, a really underground kind of mate. But he works on like kind of cool films in L.A. And he's got access to this three dimensional stuff. And we're doing like three dimensional. Oh, it's mad. Have you ever been to an IMAX? No. I haven't well, lived. Have I went I? to an IMAX once, right? And you put on these goggles, but the 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 sound, they've got speakers in a circle all around you. And it's kind of omnidirectional. So I was watching a sort of ghostbustery thing, and this kind of splurge came out of this mouth or something. And I thought it was gonna hit me because it felt like it was coming towards me and the sound was tracking it. Yes. That's what I'm doing with some of this new stuff I'm working on at the moment in a three-dimensional field. So, so you put it into Dolby Atmos, right? And then you decode it back into Apple Spatial, so you get the same effect on pods. It's mental, absolutely mental. <laughs> yes, it's it's going. The guy be... from Throbbing Gristle, Genesis, played me this thing called Artificial Head once, where you put these headphones on, and it was somebody walking around in gravel. It found like it felt like somebody was walking inside my skull. My God, that's so. This this is your next. This is problem. why we do it, dude. This is why this is why you have to go and out, out and do it. I mean, on just on the one the the, the thing with dub is a, a big association with dope, isn't it? Does it does it help to be stoned? Mm, I don't know. I, I haven't got any association with with that. No. With, with, oh, I don't. No. No, but I mean, it's not the craziest question I've ever asked. I mean, it's often the two things are quite linked. I remember going to a lot of those reggae gigs in the 80s with the, you know, Aswad and Burning Spear and Misting Roots. And, you know, you walked in and it was like, whoa, OK, everyone's really stoned. And, um, you know, and there would always be a parent with a small child. Isn't that why you grew that beard? In, in a, no, God, I need to have a shave. Um, it doesn't look good when you get to an age and you get grey stubble, do you? But, you know, there was always the parent with a child on, in front of the bass bin, and you always thought... I was me. <laughs> bass is maternal, Smith, and I was the child. <laughs> you were the child in front of that bass bin going... Don't grow up, it's a trap. It's, yeah, no, it's... Baby. 
anyway. it's it's a it's a crazy world so then yes so so just briefly then how did your how did the life of the pop group then sort of finish i mean because you do one more album and well then... that's a funny thing i was telling you that the other day it, it because we were all friends and we were from this sort of a collection of different sort of gangs if you were like i was saying the other day you know growing up we've got like you know i'd, I'd say there's like i've got like 200 very close kind of mates across the town in different parts of the town you know yes different football teams different kind of areas and whatever and we were we were mates anyway so it didn't really start as a you know so there was no reason to sort of fall out and everybody was doing other stuff gareth was was going off and doing rip rig and panic simon started pig bag who had a number one hit bruce went off and played with um john lyden later on in pill you know and i was doing loads of different stuff and john had maximum joy i mean we were all just you know we were, we were all kind of doing stuff anyway and music wasn't the wasn't the you know wasn't the most important thing we were friends first and we've been friends all the way through and when you know when whoever's in town and when you go back to town like i said i know their uncles brothers you know yes. so and, and we've been quite protective of the legacy and everybody's been informed and you know we were we were real kind of you know it was a five-way sort of everybody consulted on everything and I think we're all quite pleased at the way we've kept it kind of kosher. You know, nobody's, you know, it's something you did. I mean, it's the same situation with other projects I've had, you know. Yeah. So for me, nothing really finished. So, you know, and again, in a, in a kind of heretical way, when the guy from The Simpsons, who was curating this All Tomorrow's Parties, said he wanted Iggy to reform the Stooges and me to reform the pop group. I was living in Matt Groening. I was living in Berlin at the time. I got this phone call and I thought, that's a bit weird. Cause you know, like I was saying, I'm always on to the, like something like three years down the line, I'm listening to stuff that I don't think anybody's going to understand. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But it's just like, so I don't really look back only when I've got to talk to you, you know, um, <laughs> Got to. And I find that quite mentally disabled because, you know, I dressed up in my, I put on my Bruce Lee pajamas and I'm still that 15 year old. But anyway, I'm waiting for Crackerjack to start. Um, I know. Well, I know. Or Bob a Job. Yes, um, Bob a Job. What was that? We're on the move again, that thing for people who couldn't get a job in the afternoons. <laughs> We're on the move. <laughs> Told you how to move furniture or something. <laughs> <laughs> I a van. Anyway, Jim will, Jim will fix it, I'm sure. So that's that's oh. all good. Um, yes. Yeah, so you then had to relive your your past in 2010 with your um, all tomorrow's parties. Yeah, but we 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 didn't relive our past. We're, we're the first, as soon the the first three of us all said at the same time in the first conversations said if we're going to do this, we're going to do it with the same spirit, and we're going to do we're going to do new stuff. So we started writing new stuff the first time we got back together, which ended up as the Citizen Zombie and the um, Honeymoon on Mars albums, right? Yeah. So we're already, you know, at the moment, me and Gareth are, are, are working on a, hopefully, with, anyway, we're, we're trying to do, like, get it ready for this Christmas, a version of Silent Night. But anyway, yeah. It's, you've got time to do that. But I mean, interesting enough, I mean, and you probably noticed this with King Rocker, but there's been phenomenal amount of books coming out. I know you're just going to say you don't look back on the past, but then um, there's a lot of people who are bringing out their kind of 
archives. Has, has, have you somewhere in your attic archived your material that one day you might think, right, this is it, I want to I wanna tell well, my this story? Is story. I'm, I'm, just, I'm in the process of being, of being asked about some memoirs, if you want. And a couple of years ago, one of my mates works for um, DC Comics, right? And I, 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 you know, just some of the people I've met and hung around with, like Sun Ra and Kenneth Anger and, you know, back in the things you've been to and things you've been near would be quite exciting as a sort of graphic novel, but we'll see. But, you know, again, my, the thing that stops me from going mad is be able to, is be able to let out these mad creative impulses when they happen and they're, they're often not controllable. So, you know, I, I might have to just keep on making mad music. Yes, it sounds like it. I mean, on your, because um, you were talking about um, your, you know, the place that you recorded the album, Ridge Farm. I mean, does, do you have quite a spiritual side to you? Would you, you know, I mean. I don't think there's any difference. Like when you said about politics, I think everything is totally into what we've, when people say, when people say spirituals or stuff is far away, I think everything is part of the same, of the same thing, you know? And I think, I think, I don't know how this to come, I don't know how to say this without, I've talked about things like this without coming across as sounding like Sting, but I've, I don't see any, different, any difference between the things. As soon as you say something is political or spiritual, it's kind of denying your own responsibility for it and, and making it far away or somebody else's job to tell you what, these things are when you know it inside you if you can be bothered to listen to the voices my friend <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, but am i actually, helping you am you, i helping you are you, you, you are. gonna sign up for my, for my therapy course do you want to come to one of my retreats yes, guru Ma, guru mara stewart <laughs> you're feeling better Shanky wanky. Follow, follow the sound of my voice and breathe mm. out. Follow your breath, my friend. The yes. obstacle is the way. Have you ever been to a gong bath? <laughs> <laughs> the Virgin Red Planet gong. Camembert. <laughs> no, are you invited? Is this a date? I knew I was on one of the special phone numbers. No. You get asked all sorts of things in these dark rooms. Yeah, I could imagine, actually. I mean, do you, does that... A mong okay. bath. A mong bath. Um, no, just a gong, just a gong bath with someone sort of... <laughs> no, why do you ask? Are you embarrassed? Are you in one now? <laughs> no. But then, okay then, does landscape influence, influence your mind and creativity? Totally. Totally. Everything influences... Well, yeah. No, you not... influence it. We're all part... Yeah, yeah, totally. I spend a lot of time looking at the sea. What about deserts? But but also, I, had a, I was chatting to my mate the other day, when, when, like, you know, some of the best music has come from, like, really boring town in yeah. London and old New York or whatever. But if, if there's nothing going on in the little town you're growing up in, or big town or something, you dream big. Do you know what I mean? You go into your head and you construct amazing dreams and, you know... I got this, I'm working on this thing about wonderlust at the moment. It's, so, it's those sort of, you know, cathedrals of sound, you know. Yes. 
Absolutely. I know, I'm just kind of curious, because a lot of the times when I've sort of been in a different environment and you suddenly think, oh, yes, I could read this sound, this record that I can remember would be perfect for this moment, you know. And yeah. I just wondered if you sometimes have been walking through the kind of expansive deserts in America and thought, God, I've got some inspiration because of this expansiveness, this, this space. I can, I can sort of feel or see what I could do. You don't, yeah, you don't. You, you try and catch it. That's what I'm saying. You know, I, I just write something down as quick as I can and I drive people mad because I've got all these boxes sort of like... Of, of lyrics, I think. God, you've just gone blank. Never mind. Damn. Come back. Okay. Oh, Mark, your connection just fell there. Oh, there you go. Oh, blimey. There you go, Mark. You there? Yes. Hi. You just said you had boxes. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Froze. You froze. Oh, I Frozen. I think we've got a song about that. Yeah, so you, with the lyrics, bringing your lyrics into the fore here. Thank you. Does it take much kind of arrange and rearranging to to get an, the narrative forever 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 i will I'll, i don't think i'll ever be happy with with there's these ja do, do you know haikus just these yes, japanese I'll, I'll, one line or two line things i finesse you know I, I i spend so much time fiddling about with a word where it should be past future you know it's just you know like at the moment i got this thing all in the end is harvest and I'm thinking, where can I put that next to that one? It's like stacking. It's yeah. I mean, that's madness. That's that's absolute madness. But the again, the interesting thing about this dub album is like you know, Dennis was was cutting out whole lines. So the dub versions of the songs have got completely different meanings because like lines are missing, and then suddenly, you know, there's a song called "Don't." Is the lyrics are "Don't call me pain. My name is mystery," but it doesn't. It just says my name is mystery, so it becomes something else straight away. It hasn't got the thing before it. It's quite yeah. interesting. It's like if if we did a cut up on this conversation, you know. It would be fascinating. But what I found very interesting listening back to the tapes is like my fifth stuff I was writing when I was fourteen or fifteen. Suddenly, like last year, was helping me, was giving me directions. My younger self was like, was 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 really helping. You know, it's bizarre. Do you mean helping music or there lines? Were, lines were coming out, which I, I hadn't. My memory is quite good on those things because I think so deep into it, you know. But things I put next, lines I put next to each other, or lines I put on this on this record before it got dubbed, you know, which is still coming out now in the dub version, different version, different cut-ups of the lines were like messages to me now that was really really helpful it, like the you know the day i was working on it really helped me deal with something i was thinking about that day it's bizarre yes god that is very strange isn't it Absolutely. yeah so i did myself a, i did myself a favor that is like putting yourself a pair of shoelaces into the future Yes, absolutely. We we think that. Now, this could be a tricky one, but do you what if you could have said something to your 16 or 18 year old self? Is there something you would have thought, yeah, I really wished I kind of knew that or I wish someone had just whispered that? No. Cause... No, cuz I hate people giving me advice. No, I'm loath to give advice. No, 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 no. 
Fair enough. It's it's um, yeah. No, sometimes. And if you hadn't have made those, you know, like I'm saying, like, and again, you know, it's mistakes that create sparks, that create energy, that create, you know, the future. Yes. And I've just got this. I've constantly got this idea of throwing seeds, even if we don't know exactly what even if it means nothing as in in the society we're in now which could be totally our understanding of the world could be totally wrong right and if we just go out on a limb and throw seeds into the future they might land somewhere we'll get picked up by a bird and flown forward and grow and 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 be of of, of, of new feed something in the future because you know who knows what the fuck's going on <laughs> and there's always this rush to judgment that every civilization just keeps on saying oh it's got to be like this it's got to i just said why why you know anyway see the title there you go absolutely that is that's it that's it well look i've spent the morning because thankfully your pr woman person sort of sent me the the um yes the, the on promo jukebox the whole album so i've been sort of having it on repeat which is great it, and you're going to play some of it right Yes, definitely. Absolutely stunning. Really. It's, thank it's, you. it's just fantastic. Well, thank you, Mark, for this experience. Yeah, anytime. We should do it again. The next, next, time, next time I get, get some out, or if you, if you, if, you know, I quite, I'm, it's, it's good. It's relaxing. It's a pleasure, my friend. Oh, well, then that's fantastic. Well, look, thank you ever so much. And, um, and I'll go via your PR woman as well, if you're still going to keep, keep her on, on, on the books or whatever um but yes we all did but look look forward to your next material because it does sound like it's going to be an interesting one yeah it's called yeah don't put it in this one but it's called verses and it's it's a, it's a mark stewart album and uh yeah it's all good. I'll, I'll, I'll get it to you but it's really you know it's it's very useful to do these podcasts I've, i did one other with it with it with some friends who run this book company in bristol or something about going on about the favorite dub albums or something and if you like you're saying, if you play it right and it's kind of timeless, it, you know, it's a, these things are like little, um, oh, those, those little capsules they bury under buildings. You know, it's great. Yes, absolutely. No, people kind of unearth them and go, oh, that's interesting. And you got me talking about stuff I never did. Good work, my friend. <laughs> okay, well, look, Mark, thanks a lot. And I will see you somewhere in the world. You know, Lovely. The cosmos. Okay, take care. Cheers, mate. See you later. Bye. Bye. And that was me in conversation with Mark Stewart from the pop group. Go and buy the new album or listen to it at least. Why? Which has been remixed by Dennis Pavel. Um, if you want to contact me, you can on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just do C86 Show. If it's nice and positive, fine. If it's not, don't bother. Don't, don't say, I just listened to your show and I hated it. Because um, you shouldn't have bothered in the first place. You'd have said, he's just annoying. And to be honest, I don't care if you did. So, um, yeah, so, yeah, just to just give you a word up. We're adults, so let's grow up. Um, yeah, all these interviews have been archived. You can find those on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, just do C86 Show. Yes, it's me chatting with someone for a very long time, but there are about 700 of them, so, you know. Um, so, anyway, look, have a great week. Stay safe. <laughs>